This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So one of the places that I went to um, while I was here in Ghana was Kumasi. And I already told you how I got to Kumasi. Uh, but we went to the Manshia Palace, which is the seat of the Asante. I'm going to say it correctly. We, I, was always, I always thought it was Ashanti. No, it's Asante. Asante, A-S-A, not S-H. Asante Kingdom. Um, and to make the connection to the Almina Castle. So um, during this trip, while we were at the Almina Castle, um, the tour guide was saying that the king of the Asantes was held there after uh, slavery ended. He was held there because it was also a prison. And the Asantes traveled what I know now is almost 200 miles through the forest to make sure he was okay. Now, the, the backstory is the uh, Asantes had to pay the British now check this out, had to pay the British uh, a, a tax, so to speak. They had to pay him money. And, um, and this goes back three kings before this king, right, that was in prison in the Almina Castle. So when he became king, and the only way you can become king of the Asantes is that the previous king has to die, right? And the queen mother um, appoints the, the, who's the successor. So this king got into power, and he said, I'm not paying the British because I didn't make this deal with them, and this deal doesn't service us. So he refused to pay it. So they uh, demanded his seat. They, they literally, the Asante king sits on a seat, a stool of gold. They demanded that. He was like, nope. So they captured him. They imprisoned him. They put him in, in the Almina castle, and the Asantes walked to him <laughs> to make sure. Well, they said to make sure he was okay. No, they walked a whip ass because that's who those warriors are, right? And so they had to move him to first Sierra Leone, right? Because they were like, okay, but they could still walk there. They were walking to, and then they moved him to the Seychelles, Seychelles Islands, Seychelles Islands, um, because they couldn't cross the water. They hadn't figured that out. But if you had given them some time, they probably would have. Uh, but I thought about that, um, how how important because they couldn't replace the king unless he, he wasn't dead, right? They couldn't replace him unless he was dead. Number one. Number two, by any means necessary, they were going to go get him, right? And they were willing to fight. But that was the, the origin, right? Because, so before 1695, the Asantes were actually enslaved by the Donchiri, Donchira, D-O-N-K-Y-I-R-A, and I think the K-Y is like a ch sound, I know how to spell it. I'm not really good with the pronunciations yet, and uh, Nana Yao's not here to correct me, but he probably is listening, so you, you figure it out. But 1695, before that, they were enslaved, and um, what they learned, I think it was one of their rulers said, if we can come together with the other nations around us and form one nation. So there were 12, I guess, other tribes so the 12 tribes came together. The chief priest brought them all together, and they said, together we are stronger. I just want you to process that. Together, the 12 tribes, I think there's a powerful number 12. The 12 tribes got together, the 12 states came together, and in Asante, because of war, we came together. That's what Asante, in Asante, that's what that means. 
So Asante is together. Because of war, we came together and were victorious, right? So they over, overthrew their, their, I wouldn't even call them the oppressors because I think even that is a very skewed term that we understand through the lens of slavery in the New World. Not the same, not the same at all. But they overthrew and they became a great, powerful, almost indefeatable nation, right? But I, I was thinking about that too, that you, we can't do anything alone. As, I had in, as we head into this next decade, I was um, processing as we're in this ne next decade, uh, the power of, uh, you know, the power of one, but the power of one means nothing without all of us working together towards something. And there's nothing you can do, you can do things by yourself. I think America in particular, Tells this individualism, you know, this this thing, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you can do it. You can do it alone, uh, but not really. Everything needs a catalyst. Every single person, you're going to hear this a lot out of my mouth. Everybody needs a catalyst. Everything needs a catalyst. When I had this discussion with Neil deGrasse Tyson at the Hayden Planetarium, when I did the, my first tour back in the 1990s, when they were just opening it up again, redid it. I just, I, we, we did, they did this whole thing with the Big Bang, blah, 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 and this is how the universe was formed and galaxies, all, and it was beautiful, it was amazing, it's all awesome. I said to him afterwards, you know, because he's an atheist, oh, so how did the Big Bang happen? Well, we don't know. There was a catalyst. He said, there was a catalyst. The Big Bang needed a catalyst. I said, could that catalyst be God? Well, anything's possible, but we, we don't know. Okay, even where we are, needed a catalyst. Nothing happens in a vacuum. No one's successful without a mentor or somebody that believed in them or somebody that pissed them off and made them say, I'll show you. Every single one of us, anybody that is successful, anyone that is doing anything, you need a catalyst. Maybe the catalyst comes from within, but even within, there's something you're drawing upon. And on a larger scale, it is so much easier to build when you have more people. There are several homes being built here in Accra, right in this neighborhood. This is a beautiful neighborhood that I'm staying in, by the way, uh, right across the street from the former president. And there are homes being built. And we passed by one home, and Nana Yao said, this guy is trying to do the whole job by himself. He's a master carpenter, but he's trying to do it by himself, and it's taken him years to freaking build out this one house because he wants to keep all of the money for himself. Now, this guy, if he were smart, if he was thinking like the Asante, he would say, let me get 12 of my friends, we'll build this house, we'll finish it in a month, and then we'll go do more houses. And maybe over the next several years, we, have, we can have completed maybe 50 homes, and maybe I'll make a 12th of the money on one home, but if I do 50 homes, I'm making 50 times, maybe five times what I would have made with this one house that I haven't even finished. We gotta think more collectively, y'all, all of us whether we're talking about in our communities, in our families, we have to think more together. There were three lessons that I learned at this Manchia Palace, and if you come to um, Ghana, you have to go and take that trip to Kamasi and go see the Asante, uh, seat of the Asante. Uh, the first thing uh, was that message I just told you about, uh, that we're stronger together. Because of war, we came together. Because we came together, we are victorious, right? The second thing was the drums. One of the first things you see are the drums, right? Um, and we all know that drums are powerful. We also know, those of us who have studied a little bit, that drums were, were banned in the New World, and particularly in America. Like, 
Africans that were brought here on these ships could not use drums. Why? We know that drums were integral in the slave uh, the enslavement, the, the revolution, the Haitian revolution. We know that drums were very powerful. So we also know that those folks that came from Haiti uh, understood drums were central to communicating in Africa, in Ghana, in the Asante uh, village, in the Asante kingdom. Drums were powerful. It was the way that the king summoned his people. It was the way that the, that, the, that the leaders, the elders delivered messages. And you could hear, they said, you can hear the drum beats 11 miles. So imagine there's no industry, there's no freaking, freaking cars and all the damn noises that you hear. And it's just, just nature, forest and silence and you beat a drum and it's a bop, 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 bop. 11 miles away they can hear bop, 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 bop. Or if you have different posts, maybe there's a post a mile away, another post five miles away, and I do bop, 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 and then the person at the five mile post goes bop, 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 bop. And then that person that's 11 miles away can hear the person that's five miles away. So it's like that game of telephone, you gotta be precise with that beat. Because if you bop, 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 instead of bop, 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 that's a different message. So you're sending a different message. By the end, of the chief will say, I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to go further or whatever based on the beats. And they, that, that it was, think of how coordinated that is, that you had a beat for every message, that you had a beat for the drum beat. We've talked about this on my radio show on Sirius XM, Marie and I, how powerful the beat is and why music is so integral to, to black people in particular. Music is the, is the source, is the soul of who we are, but it's that drum beat. And so what you put over that drum beat, the words that you put over that drum beat are indelible. They go into your spirit, into your psyche. And we got to be better, y'all. We got to be better at the lyrics that we put over those beats because that's how powerful those beats were. Those beats led the Haitians to revolution. Those beats communicated war and peace and community and ceremony. Those beats, those drums, think about that. And you had to listen carefully. So, so you could be out in the field, you can be you know, with your family doing different activities, but when that drum beat hit, y'all had to pause and tune in and listen and decipher, and you had to know the code, and you had to, so there was a passing down of what these beats, community, you know, generation to generation to generation, everybody was in on it. We don't do that now. We can't even give simple messages to our kids to go do something, and you know what I'm saying? These folk, our folk did that. The other thing, I mean, it was several things. I'm not trying to, I'm not using my spaces to um, narrate my experience. My experience was my own. What I'm here to do is give you breadcrumbs. So when you come, I don't want you to live vicariously through my experience. I need you to have your own, but I'll, I wanna drop some things in your spirit that you might miss because um, Nana Yao said, I didn't even know about the Asantes being enslaved before because you're asking questions. That's another thing that I learned here. You gotta ask the right questions. Lord have mercy. So um, <laughs> you can't just order. You gotta, you gotta be specific about your questions because they're not gonna tell you extra stuff. <laughs> if you didn't ask, if you didn't ask, you will not know. That I have learned, this has been a, one of the most valuable lessons to ask the right questions, which uh, as a journalist, uh, by, by trade, by nature, 
uh, by profession previously, I'm trained to ask questions. But this being in Ghana, that has gone to a whole other level to, to be specific in the things that I really want to know. But um, so I made the experience for other people even richer because I, I'm just naturally curious and I started digging and digging and digging and, and learning all this. So the people on the tour with us got lessons that because the tour guide knows his stuff um, that the other people who took tours before or after didn't know. I know that. Um, but if you, if the, the other thing that I want to drop on y'all and then I'm going to be out, um, because again, this is something you need to experience for yourself. Um, we get to one portion in the, uh, tour at the, um, Manchia Palace and there's a mirror and, and the tour guide says, this mirror was donated by the Queen of England and this year, blah, 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 blah. Before that, there were no mirrors. So I'm like, there were no mirrors, no mirrors. So people keep walking, and I'm sitting there, and I, I, I come, and I, I have to take a seat for a second. No mirrors, no mirrors. What does that mean? Like, a lot of us spend a lot of time in the mirror. The, the, a lot of us spend a lot of time. If, if you're listening to my voice, a lot of us spend a lot of time in the mirror. What if you couldn't see yourself? Who are you if you can't see yourself in a mirror? Is the mirror a true reflection of who you are? I want to I want to take a little minute with this because this this was so powerful to me and I know it's like one of those breadcrumbs and I'm just like boom I kept going with it is a mirror a true reflection of who you are and it's interesting that these people were introduced to a mirror by a European so what you look like on the outside is important in certain cultures <laughs> but who you are was important to the Asantes Yes, you can see your reflection in the river, but if you think about it, even your hair, the hair was a communal thing. Women would braid each other's hair. Men would shave each other's heads. There was a community, there was a, a bonding, there was a, your beauty was tied to how you're seen by others in your, 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 your spirit was beautiful. How you communicated with your village was beautiful. Your physical beauty, what did that mean to the Asantes? What is beauty? And I'm seeing that here in Ghana. People don't care what they look like. It's not a big deal. And then it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal when you've been indoctrinated with European ideals of beauty. So there's a lot of skin bleaching here. There's a lot of weaves here. There's a lot of hair for no reason. I even saw a butt injection yesterday, which freaked out uh, Michelle, because she was like, we don't do that. What is that? I saw someone with a butt injection. I'm like, why? 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 The adoption of Europeans, for you, if you go and there's billboards at every, every stop, like, I won't even say every block, every 10 feet there's a billboard telling you something. Uh, it was a lot of money, billboards, to go get into debt. We'll talk about that in another podcast. They really want you to get into debt here, which is not a thing that people do. You buy your house outright. Now they got mortgages. Ooh, I'm scared about what's going on here. Um, as, as this economy grows, right, and it is, it's one of the 10th largest, it is the 10th largest economy in Africa. But you think about um, all of the signs to make you more beautiful. There are no, I didn't see any skin bleaching signs, but all of the billboards had people that were not black, dark black which is the, 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 the norm. Most people here are black, right? But most of the billboards are not. They're, they're a little lighter, a little lighter, a lot of hair. Huh, why? Because 
the the beauty that you show me that I'm supposed to look like that I don't see in the mirror has to ref you understand what I'm saying you understand what I'm saying what if we didn't have mirrors then we would rely on one another to make sure that we are okay you know you brush your teeth you, you bathe you shower but whether or not you're beautiful has to come from within and so that's what I want to leave uh, y'all with on this podcast you know that to not have mirrors for centuries until a European donates a mirror to you um, means something. And I think it says something about a group of people for whom they see one another not through the lens of somebody else and not through the lens of what you see in the mirror because that's a false image of you. The true you is what you're building and crafting inside yourself, the, the challenges that you've overcome and the, the people that you um, help and the folks that you invite into your life that, that enrich you. That's the tr true beauty of a person. And so I want to thank um, Africa for uh, it's something that I live by. Actually, I, as a person, I don't spend a whole lot of time in the mirror. I know, I know some people are like, I can, I can tell. I can tell you don't spend. I don't. I don't put a lot of time and energy into how I physically look um, in terms of whether or not I'm pretty or beautiful or whatever. And when people compliment me, I, 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 as a, I'm, I'm, I, th I say thank you, but I really don't care <laughs> whether you think I'm good looking or not. And uh, um, because what is that, you know? Because whether you think I'm good looking is, is still based on indoctrination, right? So if my nose were broader, if my skin were darker, if my hair uh, were, were, were coarser, or a thicker, you know, would that make me less beautiful? Uh, nah, right? Because this, however I look is how I look. You know what's beautiful? Being alive, you know, being a person with a, with a brain that functions, being able to, 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 to run, jump, and play, and to think, and to, to, to challenge myself, that's beautiful. So um, I, I wanna challenge you, you know, um, and this is not an exercise, do what you want, you know, but let's spend less time in the mirror because uh, I do think the mirror was a Trojan horse. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. I appreciate y'all. Let me know what you think about this podcast. Join me on Twitter at Karen Hunter, K-A-R-E-N-H-U-N-T-E-R. -E -E Use the hashtag podcast so I can search for your comments. Also, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, at Karen Hunter Show. And, of course, listen to me on SiriusXM. Uh, you can get the SiriusXM app on any of your devices. Just download it and tune in. Uh, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern or catch me on demand. I appreciate you immensely. Share this podcast with 10 people in your life that you feel need to get this message. Um, I just want to thank you. Love you. Uh, Till next time.